Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Bill Reynolds, uh, and I serve as an elder in our con congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Awesome God, we thirst for your word. We long to make sense of so much we do not understand. We want to worship to be more than a quick diversion from tasks that seem pressing. We want to believe there is more to life than seeking personal gain. We bring to you today our troubles and anxieties, our estrangements and hostilities, our boasting and deceits. Meet us here with truth we cannot avoid. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Please stand for the call to worship. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Let us worship God.
God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, that is, we fail to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with him, we deceive ourselves, and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all unrighteousness. So let us confess our sins to God, trusting in his abundant mercy and everlasting love for us. Let us pray. Take away our distractions, O God, so that we may be confronted by your expectation of us. We realize that our busy striving after things has dulled our awareness of you. We have sought fulfillment in ways that deny you and hurt other people. Sometimes our success tramples the needy and brings ruin to the poor. Even our benevolence becomes self-serving. Oh God, we want to find our hope in the gospel. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Sisters and brothers in Christ, hear the good news. At some time, each one of us has been lost in many different ways, but now we are indeed found. And not simply found, but rejoiced over, cherished, beloved. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. You have come home. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. Now with believers in Jesus Christ across the globe and down through the ages, let us state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us take a moment to greet our neighbors.
He covers up so many of my mistakes. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Church of the Palms on this beautiful day. We're glad that you have chosen to be with us. We're grateful even more so that God has chosen to be with us and that God has already inhabited this place long before we came. And we're grateful to be dwelling in God's good presence as we worship him and as we seek to offer God our praise and response for all that he has done for us. We hope that you will fill out the friendship pads and the pews, pass those along to your neighbors and note those folks who are sitting near you. Perhaps you'll be lucky enough to be sitting near somebody you don't know and uh, that will give you the chance to perhaps uh, make them very much aware of your joy in being present with them. We hope that you will take note of all the opportunities of ministry here Things do not slow down at Church of the Palms, and if there was any illustration of that, it will be next Saturday, which is that big day of hope that we've been waiting for for weeks and months, and we are grateful that uh, all systems are go. This afternoon, some important training taking place uh, throughout the campus for those of you who are involved in Day of Hope. So take note of those uh, times that are listed on page nine of your bulletin in case you uh, didn't uh, remember what time those were. But we'd love to have you come. Then we'll have the blessing of the backpacks and an ice cream social this afternoon at three o'clock as we prepare for next Saturday where the campus will be filled with families, 250 families or so, who will be here to receive all the resources that we'll have to provide, as well as the hospitality of Church of the Palms, as these children uh, will be given the opportunity to be equipped for uh, a new uh, year of school. So we hope that you'll join us. If you haven't signed up and you don't have the day to volunteer on next Saturday, just stop on by and see the sea of green uh, that will be ministering to so many people. It's really quite an inspiring moment. We have a new members class this today, so come and join us after this service. If you're in wondering about membership here, want to learn more about what's going on at Church of the Palms, we'll be over in the, in the chapel at 1015 this, this morning, and we'd love to have you come and join us. The blood mobile is out there in the parking lot, ready to take your blood. Um, but that is a precious gift, and if you have some time to provide that precious gift, that is very, very important for our community. Next Sunday, we have our missionaries that we support, Greg and Chris Callison, who will be here from the Middle East and who are there to support the Kurdish population, so they'll have a fascinating story for us next Sunday at 4 p.m. And our Sarasota Young Voices have their summer camp coming up in a couple weeks. If you have a child or a grandchild who would like to participate in this great musical experience, a camp for five days, we would love to have you come and sign up for that and uh, be a part of that great experience. Who knows, you may have a budding artist in your midst that you'll want to have be a part of that great musical experience. Let's continue our worship. Oh 
Let us pray. Our most loving and gracious God, we thank you for Jesus' words of truth and grace. We are grateful that in his teachings and actions have found root within our lives and grow within our hearts. We thank you that we have become a people transformed by your love and grace. Help us be a part of your great work of sharing the gospel and helping those in need, we pray. Please bless our ministries and missions. Especially, we pray that you will bless the upcoming Day of Hope and all that we do in your name. Give us insight to know how best to show your love to our neighbors, we pray. Teach us how to love you back. Let us see your image in the faces of those whom we get to serve and meet every day, we pray. Gracious God, we lift up those who need your healing into your care. We pray for families of those who have gone home to you. We pray that you'll wrap around your love and comfort and peace around their lives. Give our leaders in government, diplomacy and defense, your wisdom as they lead us. Safeguard those whose service take them away into danger on our behalf, especially we pray for those in the military, first responders and missionaries. Touch our lives, O God, anew with your grace that we may be the people you want us to be. We bring all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now let us continue to worship God through the giving of our tithings and offerings.
Let us pray. We love you, O God, for you loved us first, and we give you thanks for all the blessings we receive from you every day. In this moment in worship, we bring these our gifts, ourselves and our time, <coughs> so that you may accept them and use them 
for the expansion of your kingdom near and far. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated as the children come forward with Carol. Little patch up here. Hughes family to come forward. If Willa Rose would bring her parents up the steps. Along with her sister Hadley. And kids, you can come on over here if you want. Come on over here. Get a front row seat for this very important moment. Excellent. Yeah. It is so good to have the Hughes before us this morning as they bring their daughter Willa to be baptized. We are delighted. They are a new member, new family in our church, and we're delighted to have them be a part of this great moment in their lives, and we're grateful to be a part of it as well as they bring their daughter to be baptized into Christ. Uh, Hadley was baptized not too long ago up in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, and now we have the opportunity to baptize Willa. We are grateful that baptism gives us the chance to remember that we are part of the great family of God. In baptism, we are brought into the family of God. God's grace has always been operative in our life from the very beginning of our life. We recognize that in baptism, and we celebrate the fact that God surrounds us with his grace through the family of faith. So we make these promises in baptism. Parents and congregation make promises that we will be living out the life of Christ together so that as these girls uh, grow up in our family life together, they will see the light of Christ in us and that they will on their own want to reach out and claim that light for themselves. And Willow's looking for the light somewhere around here. So um, we are delighted that we have that opportunity to make these covenant promises as we surround our children with God's love and grace. So to that end, Bruce and Courtney, I'd like to have you answer these questions as you bring your daughter to be baptized. Do you reaffirm your own faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? Do you claim God's covenant promises on your child's behalf, and do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for her salvation as you do your own? Do you now unreservedly promise and humble reliance upon God's grace to set before Willa an example of the new life in Christ? Do you? And do you, the members of this congregation, oh, she took a spill. Doggone it. One down. <laughs> Do you, the members of this congregation, in the name of the whole Church of Christ, undertake with these parents the Christian nurture of their child so that in due time she may confess faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you? And will you endeavor by your example and fellowship to strengthen her ties with the household of God? Will you? Let us pray. Thank you, O oh God, that we get to make promises in this world and this life. And we thank you that your spirit gives us the ability, the strength, and the power to fulfill those promises. And we're grateful that your spirit is present with us in this moment. As we uh, look into the waters of baptism, we remember how much you love all of us. And we remember how much you call us to be loving agents of your spirit to those children in our midst. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you will bless us and bless little Willa as we come to this moment of your baptism, for we ask it in Christ's name. 
Amen. I would, I would run away from me, too, if I were you. <laughs> Willa Rose Hughes, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father <laughs> and of the Son. Oh, I know, it's all right. And of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, you can go back. Ah. Ah. Can we sing Jesus Loves Me for a moment? <laughs> On behalf of Family Ministries, we'd like to officially welcome little Willa Rose to the family of faith. And our vision in Family Ministries is to create a sticky faith so that when they graduate and leave home, they don't leave their faith all at home. So um, you guys know that you're the most important. I know, you're beautiful. You guys, you parents are the most important influence in her, but you know that as parents, we aren't the only influences that they need. So we want to partner with you and love you and grow with you. That's right. And present, so to help you on your journey, we'd like to present you with the Bible Stories book, a certificate, and this beautiful cross-stitch made by one of your new church family members to commemorate this special day. So congratulations. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for these wonderful members of our church family, and we pray, O oh Lord, that you will bless them and keep them, remind them of how much you surround them with your love through the church family. We pray, O oh Lord, that they will always be mindful that you promise to be present with us until the close of the age. So we ask that you will help us to always know of your grace and mercy from the beginning until the end, for we pray this in Christ's name, amen. see little Willa Rose, you know what? She is now part of our family. You know, this great, big, wonderful church family that we're all a part of. You know what that means? That as she grows up, we get to love her and encourage her. And you know, someday she might be in VBS and you guys will be leading her. Imagine that. So before we go upstairs, let's give a little prayer. Thank you, God, for this great big church family that we are a part of. It's so awesome to be a part of this, that we can love one another and 
have a big family that you know and in our baptism and lift each other up. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. seated. If I have my facts right, I think we have around 40 or 50 of our high school kids who are up in Atlanta together right now uh, worshiping, and uh, they are in the midst of two trips, many of which many of you have supported these trips over the course of this past year. Uh, some of them are returning back from a week's mission trip in Atlanta. Uh, called Urban Serve, and the other a part of them are, uh, some of them as well as others, are heading up to Montreat for uh, what always proves to be an incredible week of spiritual renewal for our high school students. And so keep them all in your prayers as they travel uh, hither and yon, 
and we look forward to in August hearing some stories about great things that God has done in their life uh, in their time together. So we are in the Gospel according to Matthew today, and we're looking at the 13th chapter, beginning at the first verse, a relatively familiar parable of Jesus that he not only shares with us, but also uh, shares with us the explanation for what this story is about. So hear the word of God as it comes to us from Matthew chapter 13, beginning at the first verse. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up, and other seed fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depths of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone who has ears listen. Then the disciples came and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered, well, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, you will indeed listen but never understand, you will indeed look but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull and their hearts are hard of hearing, their ears are hard of hearing and they have shut their eyes so that they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people belong to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is what, the, that is, what is sown on the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. And as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word but cares of the world, and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, uh, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace, O Lord, and through your mercy, we pray that somehow we will have ears to hear and hearts to understand and minds to discern what this story might mean for us, what it might mean for us to receive the seed into our own lives for the sake of your son. For we pray this in his name, amen. The Archie League Medals of safety were handed out a few months ago. 
A few years ago, I took an interest in the Archie League Medal of Safety Awards because I had nothing better to do with my time. No, actually, because at one point I got to thinking about a group of people who have managed to keep me alive for many, many years, and they have kept you alive too. People that you have not met, people you are likely never to meet. The Archie League Medal of Safety Awards are handed out once a year to air traffic controllers who have played a significant role in helping pilots avert serious aviation disasters. The Archie League Medal of Safety Awards are focused on these men and women in control towers in airports across the world, across our country, who are minute by minute in conversation with pilots, helping them get off the ground and then back onto the ground. And sometimes it is their voice, their quick thinking, their split decisions that are the only hope of a pilot and plane in trouble. I think of Al Hurst, an air traffic controller in Southern California, received the award for helping two airliners, Southwest 2049 and SkyWest 6100, avoid a mid-air collision in the skies above Los Angeles. I think of Ken Hopf at Boston's Logan Airport who received the award for helping a young woman land a small plane she had never flown before after her father passed out at the stick. I think of Scott DeTamo in the Newark Air Tower who was observant enough to notice that Air India Flight 145 on its final approach did not have its landing gear down. Last year, the President's Award given to the air traffic controller who executed the greatest save was given to two controllers in Florida who guided, who guided down from the skies over Orlando, a Cessna piloted by a father with his young son sitting behind him whose engine was on fire. This year, the award was given to two controllers who diverted a Piedmont airliner seconds away from landing at Boston's Logan Airport, not on the runway, but on an occupied taxiway. When I read of stories like these, it sensitizes me to those moments when I am sitting on a Boeing 737, flipping through a magazine, and we are making our final descent, and there is this conversation I'm now aware of going on all around me of dozens of pilots talking to dozens, in dozens of planes, talking to the control tower and the control tower talking to them, hanging on every word of instruction from that tower so that they can get their plane and the souls on board safely to the ground. I love how in transportation they refer to passengers as souls. The lives and souls of tens of millions of people hang in the balance of the conversations that take place between these men and women in control towers and airplane cockpits. To get a feel for how important these conversations are, imagine yourself sitting in a commercial airliner about 20,000 feet up in the air making a descent to your destination and by accident you hear over the intercom the pilot talking to the co-pilot and you hear him say, you know Charlie, what do you say we just turn off the radio and try to land this thing on our own? <laughs> and the co-pilot says, yeah, why not? We don't need them. We can figure this thing out on our own. How does this make you feel? Do you applaud the pilot team for their sense of self-confidence and experience? Do you like their bravado and can-do attitude? Or is it your every impulse to jump out of your seat, rush into the cockpit, and threaten harm if, you, if they do not turn on that radio and listen to everything, and I mean everything, that air traffic controller has to say? 
disaster looms if these people are not listening to what is being said from beyond. Danger ensues when the pilot does not hang on every word that should emanate from the lips of the air traffic controller. Some of you are pilots and you know better than the rest of us what this is all about. Last week we were in Savannah for the night and we stayed down along the Savannah River which gives you a front row seat to watch those massive cargo ships make their way into and out of the port. It's staggering to consider how such massive boats, each a couple hundred thousand tons, can even float, not to mention dock. But then you realize that these massive vessels are so utterly dependent on the radio waves of the local control stations and the tiny tugboats to guide them safely to their destination. One wrong instruction and disaster follows. You cannot arrive on your own. Most, if not all, the amazing things we do as human beings, we do not do on our own. Most, if not all, the amazing things we do as human beings, we do not do on our own. We rely upon the guidance, the words, the wisdom, the direction of voices beyond us. This is a truth that goes back as far as the first page of the Bible when God said it is not good for the man to be alone. We are more amazing when we do not go it by ourselves. And yet I wonder how many of us think about going through life alone. Uh, how many of us consider ourselves alone in the cockpit without the headphones? How many of us feel like we are piloting through our days all by ourselves? It wouldn't be a surprise that that's the message that you got somewhere along the way, that you are in this thing by yourself and that life is a matter of kind of learning from your own mistakes, trial by error, and that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and that the best school, school to go to is the school of hard knocks. It's best to just figure these things out on your own. Turn off the radio. You can land it by yourself. In fact, it may even be said that the more you do it on your own, the more respect you garner from your peers and colleagues. Not, of course, if you pilot a plane. It's a dangerous fool who pilots a plane without listening. So, in an abrupt shift of metaphor, Jesus tells us a story about God, our Father in heaven, and he says that God is like a farmer who is sowing seed. And the seed that he is sowing is the seed of his word, his, his word to us, his message to us. And, and this word that God has for us is a word that takes root in us and causes us to bear fruit. And not just a little fruit, but according to Jesus, a lot of fruit. And not just a lot of fruit, but amazing fruit, incredible fruit. That's the promise of this parable of the sower and the seed. God wants to plant the seed of his word into our lives, each one of our lives, because it is God's desire to give us the opportunity to bear abundant and beautiful fruit. God wants our lives to bear amazing fruit, fruit that gives the world great joy. There is nothing better in life, according to the Bible, than when you are bearing fruit for the sake of the world to enjoy. 
And God's promises is that if you receive God's word, let the word take root in you, then you will be about the joyful life of bearing fruit. This is God's ultimate goal for you to give you the joy of bearing the fruit of the kingdom of heaven. It's not to whip you into shape. It's not to make you feel guilty all the time. It's not to kind of keep some scorecard on your life. God's word is simply intended for you to bear fruit. So it's no surprise that when we hear Jesus tell us the story about receiving God's word, the first word and the last word we hear him say is the word, listen. Listen. Listen for my word, listen to my word, but listen. In the 23 verses I read to you from Matthew, Jesus uses the word listen, hear, and understand at least 20 times. Listen, hear, understand. If you want your life to be about this joy of abundant fruit, listen, hear, understand because the truth is God's speaking all the time right the airways are full of the Word of God if only Jesus says we would just listen and hear and understand God speaks in God's creation God speaks to us in Jesus his son God speaks to us in the Bible as Jesus teaches us to understand it God speaks to us in the beauty of God's world in his son Jesus and in the scriptures as Jesus teaches us God speaks to us in creation the, the heavens are declaring the glory of God the psalmist says this incredible and beautifully balanced creation is giving us a word about God God's wonderful and sustaining spirit God's creative web of beauty and balance and independence surrounds us every day in earth and sky and water of his creation. Listen, Jesus says, listen, hear, understand. God speaks to us in Jesus, the incarnate word of God who takes on our flesh, speaks in human language and tells us the stories of the kingdom and the standards of good life. Jesus, the suffering servant who gives up his life for his friends and overcomes death itself. God with skin on, with four accounts of his life in the Bible. Listen, Jesus says, listen. Hear. Understand. Speaking of the Bible, the incredible story of God and his people with a life lesson I'm on, about on just every page. And Jesus, the teacher who's there to teach us what to pay attention to. Love God, love neighbor, love your enemy. This sacred text, the word of God handed down from a hundred generations. Listen, hear, understand. If you want to live an abundantly fruitful life, God says, begin by listening and hearing and understanding the word in creation, in Jesus, and in the scripture. Now, it's not to say that you can't manage your life without it. Millions, billions of people do so every day without paying any attention at all. They manage their lives quite fine. They got families, they got jobs, they got enough money to get by with. And God says, yeah, 
that's all you want, that's all you'll get. But if you want the joy, the incredible joy of bearing fruit, living your life for heavenly purposes, discovering the deeper meaning of your days, then build your life, Jesus says, around listening and hearing and understanding the Word of God. Early in her ministry, Mother Teresa heard a word from God that she should build an orphanage for the outcasts of Calcutta. She took this word that she was listening to and hearing and trying to understand. She took this word to her superiors and asked for their permission. How much money do you have, they asked. And she reached into her pocket and pulled out three pennies. I have three pennies, she said. You can't build an orphanage with three pennies, they said. You're right, she said, but with three pennies and the word of God, I can build anything. Jesus says the one who hears the word and understands it bears fruit a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. And this word, this word from the tower, maybe the most important thing it does, this word from the tower, is it tells us about all the other planes in the sky. You know, the ones that we can't see out of our little window. The word says, be concerned about all that is around you, about all those souls around you. Are you getting the word? Are you getting this incredible word from God whose greatest desire is to have us bearing the fruit of the kingdom, the word of God surrounding you in the world, the word of God in Jesus, the word of God sitting on your shelf in that book called the Bible? You're flying through the air and the word is all around you. Do you land it on your own? Or do you put on the headphones? For the one who hears the word and understands it, ah, oh, this is the one who bears much fruit. So every Sunday in our bulletin, we publish these Bible readings. This summer, this summer the readings are on the life and teachings of Jesus. They are on average about eight to 10 sentences a day you will probably read about 500 sentences a day of all sorts of stuff, newspapers and essays and articles and magazines. I hope you're reading at least 500 sentences a day. And then there are these eight to 10 sentences your church suggests you read called the Word of God. The teachings of Jesus, vectors from heaven seed the farmer is sowing on your soil. Is it rocky soil? Is it hardened traffic soil? Is it good airy open soil? Who knows? But I will tell you this, the farmer is sowing, sowing his seed left and right. 
He is showering you with so much seed that you look like you've been in a hay barn. Listen, hear, understand. Headphones on, a word coming in. Fruit, a hundredfold. And every hope for a good landing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.